Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I'm the Harley Gnome. This is Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft, and I'm coming at you on location from the Gnarly Gnome Tavern by myself, but that's just because I'm doing a special episode. I'm kind of cleaning some stuff off of my computer desktop, some stuff that's been sitting around for a while that I need to uh, get done one way or another, and this is a a show that I did as a a live Facebook broadcast with Jesse Folk, who at the time was... um, the moderator or one of the moderators on GCCBS and we were kind of playing around with a, a live stream idea, but this show is, is a fantastic one. Um, we sat down with urban artifact to talk about kind of their barrel aged sour program, which was new at the time. Definitely not now. Um, this weekend they released the, this crazy idea of this, this tapestry, which, um, is a, a sour beer that uses a lot of different yeasts, uh, from some different brewers around town and just a kind of a really cool collaborative project. But uh, it's timely because of that. And I'm also working on a really fun idea of a show that kind of digs into the the sour community um, around Cincinnati. So stay tuned for that. But like I said, I wanted to get this one out there so you guys could enjoy it. Um, even if it's not the newest show in the world, the, the content is really fun and Urban Artifact is always fantastic to have on the show. So... Um, I wanted that to actually get to your ears instead of just languishing away on my desktop. So here it is, and we'll be back next week for new content and uh, some fresh shows. And uh, I've got some fun stuff coming up. So stay tuned for that. Thanks for listening. Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. Hello. Welcome. This is kind of Cincy Brewcast. Uh, This is a... um, uh, special edition, I guess, a special live. Bro- I feel like I'm sitting really far away from you guys. This is weird. <laughs> you are <laughs> uh, kind of a special edition, a live broadcast. Uh, uh, Jesse Folk uh, reached out to me for in behalf of GCCBS, the Greater Cincinnati. Well, I won't tell you what I call it half the time, but uh, Craft Beer Society. Craft um, beer shenanigans, most yeah, likely. Well, mine's a little, mm. little worse than that. <laughs> <laughs> um, we, maybe we should talk about that a little bit too. We should just <laughs> make this into a show. Shenanigans. <laughs> we, if you um, say shenanigans one more time, I don't know if you guys can see anybody that's on Facebook. If there's anybody on Facebook yet, we are on location at Urban Artifact. Only the upper part of Urban Artifact, the above ground part of Urban Artifact. Because you guys have a birthday tomorrow. <laughs> yes, we do. I like calling it a birthday instead of an anniversary. Betty Bolas got me on that, and I can really like it better. Um, oh, Betty and Babanachi. <laughs> yeah, Babanachi. <laughs> you guys have a whole lot going on tomorrow with a whole bunch of beers and uh, music and just all kinds of stuff. And uh, Jesse had the brilliant idea to come out here and talk to you guys and kind of... Uh, clue everybody in on on all of the stuff that you guys have going on and and maybe kind of help do a little educating too on what exactly it means because um, bottles are bottles in Cincinnati anymore and it doesn't necessarily get people excited but um, there's some stuff here that is really exciting so um, let's start happy (laughs) anniversary birthday thank you (laughs) two years (laughs) Just an aside, I love how the live like makes me look like ginormously fat. <laughs> well, you can you I'm can gonna, s- you can gonna, shift and squeeze right over there in between them if you want. Give my be- you got to stay a little further away. <laughs> Maybe it'll lengthen me out. So this is this is kind of a, a loose show. So anybody that gets on Facebook, if um, 
if you guys have any questions, anything like that, feel free. You know, please chime in. And uh, this is this is kind of for the um, the live side. So we'll totally answer your questions in a honest way. Um, and by honest, he means he'll give you a smart ass response <laughs> <laughs> and use a couple big words that none of us understand. Um, you might want to turn your volume down. Oh, I think yep, that's you. Yep, let me turn that. That's I think, funny. I think we there sound we go. good, though. We're good. Oh, yeah, totally. We sound perfect. <laughs> so where should we start this off? Should we start this off with uh, just digging into some of these bottles, or should we start on the other end and kind of explain why these bottles are more exciting? Somebody do air quotes for me because people can't see me. More exciting than the other bottles, which... Um, I've got a couple glasses in front of me. The one on my left is my favorite bottle that you guys have done so far. The squeeze box is the greatest beer. <laughs> I'm in love with this. Um, so why is this more exciting than squeeze box was? Because squeeze box was really exciting for me. Uh, squeeze box was a, a really fun beer for us. And that kind of, we didn't really expect it to do as well as it did. And we didn't actually expect strawberries to come through as well as we did. But I guess if you throw enough real fruit at anything, it's going to taste really damn good. Uh, and a lot better than like a strawberry starburst in a glass. So uh, anyway. <laughs> Not uh, naming names. <laughs> uh, uh, as for the current bottles that we have, the, the best thing about them is how heavy they are. And they're really good for smashing. Um, and yeah. when you're... It really, you obviously drink the beer first, but then when you're done with that, throw them because it feels good. Uh, but what's really none what, of this is endorsed by the gnarly gnome, Sensi Brewcast, or GCCBS, uh, <laughs> just for the record. Or Urban <laughs> Artifact. Uh, next time you go to, this side note here, next time anyone goes to Wuss Ridge, make sure you uh, talk to the brewers there and ask them about uh, coming down to Urban Artifact and Smashing Glass. We'll have a lot of good stories for you. I've, um, heard, I've heard some stories about things being thrown off the roof <laughs> of the brewery, too, which, oh, that's a, probably another story. <laughs> I mean, have you seen how high that bell tower is? It's great for throwing things. <laughs> Collectively, uh, I hear beer nerds all across the city taking notes, like, must go here, break things. <laughs> okay, so aside from why the bottles themselves are exciting, what about the beer inside the bottles? <laughs> well, um, what's really exciting for us is it's been two years of, of work, more than two years. We've, we've started working on these beers since before we opened, and it's finally gotten to the point where we're happy with the flavor of the beers and the cultures that we've been catching and developing in-house. Uh, and everything that we put into bottles is with wild cultures caught locally um, here in the Cincinnati, greater Cincinnati area. So we're, we're really, really excited to basically showcase what Cincinnati terroir is all about, so where you, you can't really get that uh, anywhere else, literally. There were a lot of people, um, and again, I won't name names, but that when you guys opened up said you guys were dumb, said that this was a stupid idea, that this wouldn't work in Cincinnati. Oh, you yeah. couldn't do this idea that you guys have which like you said it's 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 wild stuff it's it's capturing yeast from the environment you know from from the air and from the plants and from from cincinnati itself you know you guys did that beer with uh, the union union terminal and like like i mean there's some cool stuff that you guys are doing but a lot of people didn't think it would work and here we are year two and i think the beer is hitting a fantastic stride and it it's it's terrifying to think about what it could be in <laughs> in you know five years down the road ten years down the road and you, you, know, you look at some of these places that have this big name in um, sour or wild beer and I, I think some of the stuff you guys are putting out 
right now stands right up there with what they're doing years down the road. So it, it, it's, it's cool stuff um, because it's so weird, I think, is, is the way I would put it. It, it. it shouldn't work, but it does. <laughs> <laughs> well, following, uh, following the Gnome's comments on, on that, uh, I will tell you that coming from like a, uh, a marketing and perhaps like industry analysis point of, point of view, I'm hearing a ton of buzz about, about these releases, especially like Squeezebox. Uh, a lot of people had been, from what I saw, very happy with the releases so far, but that one like really kind of put you guys on the map. Like I was, you know, seeing comments and you know getting messages from all over the place and on GCCBS, like comparing you guys. You know, like oh, finally we've got like a Wicked Weed contender, you know, up here in Cincinnati, or you know we're comparable to you know Crooked <coughs> Stave or Upland and all this stuff. So I mean. I think you guys are really kind of elevating the the local crowd and it's it's making a huge difference so i know i I continually still get requests from people who you know who want to get like my the the strawberry margarita version of squeeze box like offering me all sorts of money and like no these are these are mine to (laughs) drink they're not getting away that's my last uh, one i have left is the regular strawberry margarita (laughs) and i keep every night i pick it up and i'm like i'm gonna no i can't drink it yet It's torture. I had the uh, the spicy one the other night, and I'm not a spicy beer fan. That beer is amazing. <laughs> Thanks. Because that, the spice and the sweetness just kind of, they sit there, and the whole time they're just hitting off each other, and it kind of ends as this nice, mellow, meaty, and like the the, 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 the meat of the, the pepper, not meat, like meat beers, which... I'm just really glad to see the project, uh, you know, really finally start paying off because, you know, as as Noam said, like, I think people didn't really kind of get it. And sometimes in Cincinnati, there's this rush to or really kind of beer as a whole. Like we want it now. We want to see the immediate results now. And people didn't have an appreciation, you know, for nuance or patience to see things kind of bear out and. You know, it's it's a problem. There's, I don't think there's much we can do about it. But I'm just glad that, you know, we, we can be here to celebrate your guys' second birthday and to have like all these you know amazing beers come out and really kind of show it to people and say, "Ha, we told you. You just had to, you know, have a little faith and patience. You know, just patience." Yeah. So, so I, we talk about acceptance with people. <clears throat> I really like to compare it to the five stages of grief. Like people were in denial, then they were angry once we opened. <laughs> All right. Then they were trying to like bargain, understand, like, cause we were still remaining open. Um, and then people were depressed because we didn't have barrel aged sours or it wasn't sour enough. And now finally we get to release these things and now it should be acceptance. So let, let's talk a little bit about barrel aged sours versus the quote unquote quick sour kettle souring thing, because I've had probably four different blog posts that I've written about it and then deleted and rewritten and deleted and trying to figure out how exactly to explain it to people and not necessarily justify the the kettle souring because I don't think it needs justification. I mean, you, you try any of these kettle sours that, that you guys have put out or that people around town have put out, and there's some fantastic stuff that's quote-unquote kettle soured, which is kind of a big Yeah, I got some strong opinions category. on kettle sours. Um Kettle souring in general, I think, is a terrible idea. And uh, there's a lot of examples out there, uh, locally, regionally, nationally, that are really not good. Um, there's some that are cheesy. There's some that have kind of like vomity off flavors and stuff. And that's done generally because you're fermented too hot or you let oxygen and or spoilage organisms in. And when you're fermenting in your kettle, which is designed for boiling, not fermenting, uh, you're going to have problems, uh, especially with consistency, which is kind of my uh, every brewer's big deal. So uh, kettle sours, I'm not a big fan of. We don't do kettle sours. We have a dedicated 
stainless steel fermentation vessel that we use for acidification. So we're all stainless steel uh, soured is what we've gotcha. uh, started to like to call it, not, not kettle soured. So let, let's ex explain the process just a little bit, the difference between kettle souring, stainless steel souring, barrel souring, all of these different kinds of accidental souring, all of these things that we've seen around town, you know, the different types. So kettle, kettle souring or what stainless steel souring like we do is all done before the boil. So you make your sweet wort, and before you go and ferment it with brewer's yeast, you send it off to a, another vessel, and you sour it with some type of um, lactobacillus or pediococcus, which is basically lactobacillus. The jury's kind of out on that. Um, but you, you pre-sour it with that, and then you pump it back to your kettle, or you leave it in your kettle, and you turn your kettle on, and you boil and kill off that lacto, and that locks in the acidity level and flavor. With the barrel-aged sours, you send all that basically sweet wort to a barrel and then you just throw the kitchen sink at it and everybody kind of has a different way of doing it and by everybody I mean different breweries uh, there's really no wrong way to do it unless you make crap beer and then you're doing it wrong um, which you better dump it if you sell that stuff then you know shame on you um, but what we like to do for our barrel aged sours is we will take the wort We'll pump it to the same vessel that we actually do our stainless steel souring in, and we'll ferment it for three days with the wild organisms that we plan on leaving it in the barrel with. And the big reason we do that is for consistency. If we did barrel, if we did fermentation in the barrel, it get, can get really hot, which can make a lot of not so good off flavors. Like uh, I don't know about you, but I don't like drinking nail polish. So. <laughs> We ferment it for three days just to get that primary fermentation done on a, under a temp-controlled environment, and then we'll put it right into the barrels, let it finish out the primary fermentation in the barrels, and then it goes into long secondary fermentations where these wild yeasts start chewing up all these uh, long-chain starches and all sorts of fun like wood sugars and stuff that normal yeast can't do. And then you also get this other really cool process happening where these wild yeasts take these esters that are produced uh, through fermentation and it undergoes this transesterification process where it makes flavors like, um, you take Belgian beers where they taste kind of clovey or maybe phenolic, uh, and these wild yeasts will take those phenolics and they'll turn them into these awesome tropical fruit flavors that you can't get any other way but time. So I guess the long answer to, to your question is, the beauty of the barrel-aged sours is time. You get time to let these flavors develop that can't otherwise. It's the same thing that makes good spirits good spirits or good wine good wine. It's time. And that's the beauty of it. So the places that are doing this kettle souring, you, you think they're, they're missing out on something? They're putting out one-dimensional kind of stuff that... that um, I don't think it's one-dimensional. It's more... It's more risk, not that it can't be done, just that it's very hard to do. So uh, we had the opportunity to meet um, uh, Jeff, I can't remember his last name now, from Blue Isle down in Austin, Texas. They have a similar, very similar business model to what we do as far as they only produce sour mashed beers. Um, we do some Brett beers and some other stuff like that and barrel-aged stuff, which I don't know that they're venturing into at this point. Um, but very similar business model. And he kettle sours, but he's also dumping, what was it, 40%? Yeah, oh, way too much. 40% of his kettle fermentations are getting dumped because they, have, because they have off flavors. Now, we've dumped beer, but we're nowhere near 40% because we have that consistency from that, from that process. 
I can't imagine how you'd make your margin back if, if you had to continually do that. Oh, it's crazy. I, yeah, I don't understand how we... Yeah, I just don't understand. But we have a good question, and I need another beer. Um, Chris asked what seven or what bottles are out on the table. Um, so we have Palmistry. So double Berliner with kumquats, guava, and pineapple. That's uh, coming out in six, or six packs tomorrow. We, we're drinking it right now, and it's fantastic. By yes. The way. I've not had a... A beer kind of like this in a long time that really brings out that tropical flavor. Usually, something gets lost in translation there. So, like, like this, I'm really getting a lot of like the the pineapple and stuff coming out in this. Oh yeah, this so. was the first beer from you guys when you released it last year that I heard people just really start raving about and 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 said, "Have you had this beer?" You know, there's, you know, the, the New England IPAs are kind of the big thing right now, and 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 I get why, but. Um, the fruitiness of this is a very different type of fruitiness because it's fruit. <laughs> yeah, it's real fruit. <laughs> and there's there's this whole other layer of flavor going on in the beer, and um, it's it's I haven't taken a sip of it yet, but um, it, okay. I don't care. It's fantastic. Uh, well, so I guess the other the other releases we have coming out tomorrow, which are these beers minus one. There's one missing here, but we have three escapements, which are are uh, we have three base sour beers. Um, in, internally, we call them uh, Dayman, Nightman, and um, uh, Greenman. Um, but we take those three base beers, and this is uh, Dayman, and we infused it with three different fruits. So we have raspberry, we have nectarine, and we have cherry. And we anything in barrels, we don't do less than two pounds per gallon of fruit. Um, anything stainless steel aged, we don't do less than one pound per gallon of fruit, except citrus, because it's its own animal. You use too much, it tastes like cleaner. Anyway, yeah. um, <laughs> Fine uh, line. next to that, we have uh, our Perpetuum, which is our anniversary or birthday beer. It comes out every year. It's a Solera, um, and it's going to get funky and more acidic with time, um, but we got year two coming out. Uh, we also have very, very, very limited amounts of year one uh, for sale as well, our Explorers. Um, thank you all if you're an Explorer, because that's fantastic. You're all going to get a Except year. for those of you that were complaining for a long time, very loudly. You mean every explorer? No, not all of them. There were a couple that weren't. <laughs> no, yeah, we understand. Thank you for your patience. I yeah. don't. They were, they were, they were, people were just straight up bitching online about it. Well, in their defense, we are shitheads about communicating. So uh, um, we, yeah, I guess look, we get it. But look, you were busy. Look what you did. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> And then uh, we also have uh, a wine barrel aged uh, version of palmistry that we hit with double fruit. So last year we pulled off uh, one wine barrel's worth and then we hit it with m- the double the amount of fruit this year uh, and we're releasing that. What, uh, what type of wine barrel did you use? Uh, use I think it was um, Red and Zinfandel. Nice. Either that or it's Pinot Noir. Say, I'm not sure. So do you guys have a preference? Uh, what do you want to try next? Uh, I, since we've got the palmistry in front of us, I say we go with the wine barrel just to, just to play around with it. Sure. sure. Try to keep going with the palmistries. Uh, we'll, we do have a, another question here from uh, Eric Smith, who's one of the heads of GCCBS. Uh, he was one of the founders of it. He asks, is there a beer that you guys realized that you wanted to venture into funk slash sours and wild yeast? Any certain one that sparked that flame. So I, I think he's yeah. kind of asking like what got you guys started yeah. on uh, the funkiness. There, there were two beers um, from my recollection. So, <clears throat> excuse me, the one beer that I think we, me and Brett both always go back to at some point in time is Orval. Um, that, is, that is the beer that we modeled, well, we didn't model, but we based uh, the concept for phrenology on. So uh, if you're not familiar, Orval is a Belgian pale ale finished with Brett B., 
mm-hmm. Brett mm-hmm. B, right? Um, so it's a beer that when it's fresh, it's very hop forward, very, you know, a little bit of that Belgian character, um, pale ale, but then that Brett goes to work over time and that beer changes beautifully um, one year, two years, three years. I think the shelf life is up to five is their, their end recommendation. Um, but that was one. And then the other one, which, you know, people might, you know, talk, talk poorly about it at this point in time um, for some of the beer nerds, but uh, Lindemann's Frambois. Um, you know, that was the first really sour, traditional sour beer that we could really get our hands on. And we were sitting out in one of our front yards at OU and we opened this beer. We had no idea what, what it was. And we were just like, this is, I love this. It's crazy. I don't, I don't I, We didn't understand it, but. My we, experience was the complete opposite the first time <laughs> I had it because it was very early on in my, my beer journey and I live by Jungle Gems. And so I would just go in there and just, you know, grab random things off the shelf and I'm going to drink this. And I remember, you know, seeing that one I'm like, well, that one's got, you know, fruit in it. That's weird. I'm going to try that. And I got it and I got it home and I cracked it open and poured it in a glass, took a big swig of it. I'm like, my God, what is wrong with this beer? <laughs> oh, it's totally like a sweet, sour, fruity soda. But oh, it, it was it was pretty crazy. I can still like remember that experience in my head. And there, there's so few that, oh God, that's such some of the beauty of some of these out there beers is there's like so few experiences, especially as, as we get older, that you try something and you're just like, Holy crap! Mind just blown. Like yeah, just it holy crap. It doesn't happen with an IPA anymore. It's just you know, there's there's nothing no. that can blow your mind. Maybe your first one, but like, um, when was everybody's first IPA? Like 20 years ago? Uh, maybe less than that. I don't know how old everyone is. <laughs> Obviously not 20 years old. I'd be. I'd well, be even 10. now you have to like parse like what you know what is an IPA versus you know what you had before. Mm-hmm. Like, do they even count? That's like, a whole other show. Yeah, it's it's all muddled now. No, I think you use Sierra Nevada Pale Ale as a base, and everything else is based off of that, and you're golden because <laughs> everybody can agree Sierra Nevada Pale Ale is a great pale ale. I um, it's kind of jumping topics, but Madtree did a, uh, a a sensory analysis class um, a couple months ago, and and they used Sierra Nevada Pale Ale as the you know the the beer that all the the flavors were were dumped into, I guess. And I'd never sat down and just drank Sierra Nevada Pale Ale all night for a long time. My God, that's a good beer, you know. Just <laughs> I, super just keep, sessionable. You know, keep going back to that that uh, the the control beer and just you know. Just down in that glass man that is good it's <laughs> a good beer and that's man that's i guess we get further off track which but, uh, orval kind of falls back into that too. <laughs> yeah and it know. does especially the, the like the time differences with orval and that, but that's one of the things that really gets under my crawls like uh sierra nevada the pale ale is super well balanced super sessionable but if you just have like three ounces of it and you're just like meh pale ale don't care three stars like uh but then if you sit down all night and you try to, like, uh, drink a whole bunch of one thing, like that beer, that is so well balanced. And that's something we really strive for um, is balance. Mm-hmm. And we're not the most sour. Uh, sometimes we're the most fruity. But we're, we're, <laughs> we're definitely the most fruity. <laughs> we try not to be, like, the most acidic or the most, like, out of control funk. Some beers are. But, like, uh, like at the end of the day, like, I want to be able to drink, um, like, six beers in a night or more. Uh, you don't want to think that you're, well, you're drinking b- battery acid. Like, that's yeah. oftentimes when I, when I find someone who's doing, you know, trying to do wilds and sours, like, they just go for that, you know, the deep acidity. And it's, it's just, you know, undrinkable. But spe- speaking of, uh, you know, drinking... Uh, we have a question from Speaking Adam Anthony Dunn. Uh, he wants to know what beer we're drinking right now, and we're we're drinking the 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 wine wine barrel aged uh, palmistry. So uh, I I gotta say that 
I got to go back to my earlier statement. Like these beers are entirely worth waiting for, and not just saying that because we're here in your house and you're you're being very gracious guests to us. But slam the glass. But, uh, he did say it was fun to break. <laughs> But no, the, like, I mean... It would be really fun to chuck a bottle in here. <laughs> I think... Oh, um, all, oh, you know, it is our anniversary party tomorrow. We don't need any ideas. Yeah. <laughs> it's in the wild now. It's too late. But um, Hopefully Josh isn't listening. <laughs> no, uh, something, no. um, you know, so, something uh, like the, the Gnome and I have talked about and I, I talk about with other, you know, kind of beer beer people around the state and the, and the country nerds. You is... You can call them nerds. Yeah, nerds. Beer nerds. <laughs> um... It's talking about like maturing kind of a, as a as a beer city, and I think again these these go kind of a long way to doing that because there is that complexity on what you're talking about. It's not just like beating you over the head with a flavor. There's some there's some nuance there. So uh, cheers to that, guys. Well, thank these you. These are really good. Really, but, uh, we really do appreciate the compliments and um, to play devil's advocate for the haters. Uh, we understand and we're still growing and. Uh, I don't know about, I really appreciate that everyone loves our beer, um, but I want everyone to know that also when, when I taste the beers and when our brewers taste the beers and when Scotty tastes the beers, we, we taste what's good, but we also taste what we want to improve and mm-hmm. we're going to keep working on it and we're going to keep getting better. And um, thank you all. Thank you all very much for the patience. And like Scotty was saying earlier, it, it um, you know, it took us, uh, it took us over a year probably to find, to really find our beer voice uh, and find our niche and, and excel what, at what we were doing. And um, thank you all for, for sticking it out and like uh, saying, hey, you know, Cincinnati can be a, a sour beer city and we can do this as, as a group and we can elevate this southwestern Ohio to a place that is rivaling like Austin and Denver and mm-hmm. San Diego and, and we're getting there. They've got and, breweries there? Uh, a couple, I guess. <laughs> I've heard. I've heard. There's a couple. Yeah. So, what was you know, kind of? Well, can can, was, can I can I can I hold you real quick? Just because there was one question. You can hold me anytime you want. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> is We're that, going there, people. <laughs> We're going there. This is only bottle is, one. Just remember, it is hashtag wild culture. Yeah, this is from the beginning. So. So uh, sorry, I've been locked in the house for a couple of months. That's, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so, so uh, the question was asked: Who does the uh, label art? And I wanted to make sure we got that uh, question answered. So our third partner, Scott Hand, is actually the one that does all the label art. And uh, he you know, pointed over there because they keep him in that little box right there. <laughs> <laughs> That's I don't true. Know what, yeah, um, but he doesn't get to make it onto these these type of things very often. He's actually expecting his uh, second kid. So um, last that. Monday was it's supposed to be born, and it hasn't happened yet. So. Yeah. You might not even see him tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. He's probably going to get called away like tomorrow morning. You guys gave him bottles to take home, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. He's, he's going to need them. <laughs> this child will be bottle fed. I mean, the, the the artwork that is on some of these bottles is just fantastic. I, I We were arguing last night, me and the wife, because the basement kind of gets a little crowded with cans and bottles and things that I save. And I've got all these these urban artifact bottles now. And I'm like, honey, what do I do with all these? Where are we going to display these? Where are we going to put all these bottles? There's some, is it a badger on on the the squeeze box? Is that badger, gopher? Artvark. Artvark, yeah. I love him, and I just want him <laughs> to stay in the basement. Hey, well, the, the answer getting, is to buy a bigger house. <laughs> we're getting uh, we're going to take those animals from the squeeze box variants and uh, get tattoos of them. Uh, so if anybody's interested, come on down and uh, make sure you let uh, Scotty or myself know, and we'll get you on the list. And we're going to get a big group discount tattoos. 
Uh, I, we'll even pay for anybody who's not Urban Artifact to get their tattoo. <laughs> well, Pick your awesome. animal. We need don't don't, don't tip my wife. Like she loves tattoos. We, we so. can talk about that after the show because <laughs> I've, I've got a tattoo artist in the family that would love to do that. Sweet. So, um, <laughs> this this show just keeps getting off all these great tangents. That seems to happen a um, lot. Are you guys gonna like ever sell any kind of artwork of the artwork? You know, you know the screen print stuff yes. that we see some of the other places, because that would be. I want the little. I want the little. What is he an artvark? Is that what she said? Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know what an artvark is, but um, I can't. I, I can't want answer on, that question. I want him on my wall. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Oh, um, I was just going to make a really terrible joke about the alphabet and how aardvarks were like the first animal created or something. I don't no. know. It wasn't nice. going anywhere. Nice. It was something nice. about a bardvark and a cardvark. And you, have, you have no idea how many sound clips I've got pulled from you in different shows. <laughs> um, I don't have many in front oh, of me. Oh, I think Brett rivals Dan Listerman uh, in uh, sound clips. Well, he absolutely does. I have one on the board here. We do have another question hang here hang from... Um, hold on, hold on. we got a clip. Uh-oh. And this is... Meat beers are hard in general. <laughs> That's, uh, when was that? That was birth. That was beautiful. Was that the bad song? That was at Cappy's. There's also one about human bones and how human bones would be fun, but cow bones wouldn't be. Fun. There's. Oh yeah. Oh, we sure. found a source for human bones. Just keep your eyes uh, <laughs> on the horizon for us. Got to make gelatin somehow. <laughs> well, uh, it looks like you've got a lot of interest in the uh, in the tattoo idea. So be be watching for that tomorrow. Um, so Chris Nascimento, he wants to know if, if there's any plans to bring back uh, Praline. Uh, he says he missed that last winter. Oh, so oh the, Praline? The Praline, Praline yeah. um, Kansas accent coming through. We will probably do that, Chris. Uh, I love Christmas beers, like, a lot. <laughs> What's um, the goal for Christmas beers this next year? We're going to try for 24 this year. <laughs> yeah, this so is the year, <laughs> year that 24 happens. I want to do at least half of them being unique things, and then at least half of them being variants, may, maybe more unique. So we'll, we'll try to bring back the praline. Uh, if anybody had the, uh, the black walnut slide roll, uh, that's definitely coming back, because that, <laughs> that shit blew my mind. Uh, it was so good. Um, a lot of people didn't really like it because they don't like nuts, but screw you, nuts are good. <laughs> Yeah. Again, uh, I think maybe we got context. W- <laughs> <laughs> I'm still going to pull the clip just out of context. <laughs> I'm still stuck on meat beer. Like, I want to know more about that later. But uh, before we get back to talking about the anniversary, we've got one more question has been answered. Um, Benjamin Garrett wants to know, when are we going to see a wild, funky Brett barley wine? That is a good question. When we have time on the pilot system. <laughs> ben, if more people drank wild beers we'd brew more of them but as it is currently sits we try to keep a couple wild beers on tap in the tap room and that's generally about it um the brett beers just don't unfortunately sell as well uh anyone who doesn't like whirly gig uh, i'm not your friend anymore uh <laughs> but that beer is so so good uh but it just doesn't sell that well because it's the, the the funk just generally doesn't go over super well with uh, the vast majority of people yeah but eventually yeah, so it's something that we, it's something that we have to grow into, uh, to some extent. Mm-hmm. So, we'll see. yeah, we can, you know, we can make one barrel of it when we when we can find some time um, on the pilot system. But for it to be a big batch, you know, we're talking sixty barrels. Mm-hmm. Um, we're still probably a ways off from something like that. People don't realize really how much beer that is, um, especially in well a Brett beer. Right. What was um, and this is kind of going back a little bit, but what was. The, you you said that it took you guys about a year to really kind of find your your footing as a brewery and kind of start really rolling with stuff. What was that beer that 
when you put it on tap and you poured yourself your first pint of it that it was like oh my god this this does work we it, we, we are onto something here and i think when it actually clicked um so kind of key punch laid the groundwork for that um right place right time uh we are, aren't we canning that beer like i mean like we're, we're done not making it anymore right key punch is gone oh yeah the <laughs> people didn't really like it which is weird because it's like this fruity salty sour beer that's super refreshing but you guys uh, could just put pinwheel on all summer that's, i'm okay with that. <laughs> i'm cool with that too um key punch kind of laid the groundwork in our minds of like uh, this fruit and sour thing kind of works well and then um really uh this this isn't on purpose just because it's coming out this weekend but uh Palmistry kind of solidified that in our minds. Like when we came out with Palmistry, we kind of took a step back and looked at ourselves and said, "This this decadence thing, this over-the-top fruit, this acidity to make it all pop, this 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 works for us. Let's let's lean into this and let's get it going." And uh, that was about a year in, and that's when it really just I feel like we kind of hit um, we kind of hit it. Like we got onto the, we finished merging onto the highway, so to speak, mm-hmm. and. Uh, full steam ahead and then it took us another year or so of kind of lining out what we wanted to do as far as fruit beers and fine-tuning technique and dialing in acidification and all that fun stuff and uh, I mean I think the gadget release this year and the squeeze box release are just um, big key indicators of that like uh, I really am confident that we're hitting our groove and we're going to be continuing to kill it this year in 2017 and on. Uh, so as far as barrel-aged bottles and releases and stuff, is this something that is going to be pretty consistent throughout the year from now on? Or is this like a once a year, twice a year, boom, here's all of our barrel-aged stuff? Well, so there, for me, though, real quick back to the other question. Um, <clears throat> when we did the first pilot batch of the gadget, that, that is to me when it was like ultimately solidified. Like Brett was right, Palm Tree was the first one that on the big system did exceptionally well. Um, but the reception that we had, so I was I was out in Toledo, Northwest Ohio on sales calls that week that we tapped the gadget. By the time I got back on Friday, it was gone. <laughs> it was the first beer that we had ever done for a Tap Tuesday that I never, I didn't get to try. Um, so that's the point where I was like, okay, this is, this is something. Um, um, but anyway, back to releases. So we're doing a big release here. Um, we will do a big release for Bewilderfest, absolutely. Um, that's our uh, weird beer, weird music festival in August. Um, it'll be two days this year. Um, Are we going to see the garlic beer in bottles this year? <laughs> Ooh, uh-oh. <laughs> that, was, that was a complete joke because that beer... I don't think I could get a whole bottle of it down. <laughs> it was that was one of the most interesting beers I've ever drank. But uh, you guys, you guys went right along on your weird uh, thing there. <laughs> there, there will be a mushroom beer in bottles coming out this year. Not trying to take anything away from what you're doing, Scott. Um, you guys do awesome stuff over. Scott's at Bob's been Lake. trying to get that beer in bottles for a very long time. <laughs> we, we're just doing it because of uh, Betty Bolas over at Fibonacci hooked us up last year for Bewilderfest. And, uh, Just keep it, talking while you pour. This is fun it, to watch. It came out. It came out. <laughs> you, so you're very confident in the music equipment being right there. The board's really far away. I'm okay. 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 It, it came out so good. Down there, be fun. The funk with the uh, earthy mushroom character, just like, uh, just really, just. Uh, we're, we want to put at least like a couple cases in bottles. It won't be a lot. <laughs> just, just for fun. So, uh, yeah. So this is a statement. This yes, this is a statement. This is our um, cherry um, tart cherry statement. Uh, 
there is a little bit of, uh, you know, a haze to it and cherry in it because, uh, well, there's a shitload of cherries in it. So I think um, I think you've been quoted as saying a lot of your beers look like poop water, I think <laughs> is the exact quote. I, I just have to oh, letterbox. Like, I love how, like, scientifically accurate and stuff you are when talking about it, but how completely blunt... <laughs> and direct your answers are like that is is refreshing you know coming from a news standpoint because people are always like very careful and couched in their talk so having an unfiltered response as it were it's it's you, a true joy you do realize there's a reason why he doesn't talk to you very often <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, th- I thought it was something just, else <laughs> there's a filter for a reason my, my goal is always to hear people on the news have to like repeat some of the quotes that some of the brewers give them, you know, like if, if you force someone to say, it may look a little like poop water, but <laughs> like that's the kind of stuff that I just, I, I live for. <laughs> I, I give it like five minutes before that's on BuzzFeed somewhere <laughs> talking about beer and it's like, Urban it's not good Stone's if it's not poop water. water. <laughs> well, didn't Stone just do a poop water beer? Well, so yeah, there's a, there's a couple breweries out, in, um, out there on the West Coast that are using reclaimed water from the system to you know test it and give that proof of concept but, which is uh, totally silly because we all just drink that on our tap water every freaking day so <laughs> right. like i mean what's the big deal <laughs> yeah you guys it's are drinking water. peat water nice. <laughs> so back to bottle releases yeah. <laughs> um because we have been working for such a long period of time on different barrels uh we will have some additional bottles releasing before in between now and bewilderfest in august um, because we do do a tap Tuesday, you know, a new beer every Tuesday. Um, one of those is, you know, we get to take advantage of that and uh, release some of these draft and bottles. And a lot of those will mostly probably stay in-house because it'll be single barrel, barrel variations. Um, and some might only be draft only just because. Um, but the bigger releases will stay for at least those two dates. And if we want to sneak another third date there, maybe in the winter time or something, maybe we'll... A Christmas beer. We might bottle. do something with some Christmas beers and bottles, um, if you uh, were Krampus. listening earlier. <laughs> oh, we got a good Krampus idea. Super sour, super smoky. Super salty. <laughs> super salty. Uh, what's the other flavors that we're missing? Really sweet, too? Spicy. Oh, really sweet. Oh, so spicy. Spicy. <laughs> just so spicy. It'll just be a salt on your taste buds. You're not going to like <laughs> oh this God. beer. I guarantee it. I, I loved Krampus last year. I thought it was fantastic. <laughs> Good. Yeah, it turned out too well. You're going to hate it. It was, too, it was too easy to drink. Um, I kind of have a, a question, kind of getting away from the, the beer a little bit. So it's, it's your guys' uh, second anniversary and so two years here on Northside, uh, how is the community here really kind of, you know, embracing and working with you guys and stuff? Because, uh, like, I know you've got a new friend a- across the way that opening sometime, but uh, you guys are really Northside. Br- yes, what the Rabbit there, Monks. What is their name? Now, see, now Home I'm just imagining, ra- like, little I, rabbit-eared monks, like, fighting each other kung fu style. But uh, That's the uh, next <laughs> Disney cartoon. <laughs> Um, see, now I'm imagining that. You're yeah. taking us in a terrible direction. Uh, do you see but, how hard it is to do yeah, the brewcast? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, but how, so how has the, uh, the community kind of responded? Because Northside's always had like a pretty strong kind of bar culture here. So how, and music culture, and you guys like have great beer and you have live music. So how, how kind of is that going? I, I mean, I think we get to only further reinforce Northside as a, you know, a music local local music at least local local and regional occasionally some national acts but just a spot to be especially in this region um you know you can see a show here you can see a show at the comet you can see a show at the tavern you can see a show at the yacht club 
where else in a city, any city, can you see that? You know, you've got the short north in Columbus, and you've got Scully's, and you've got, uh, uh, now I'm blanking on the other place, uh, Space Bar, um, all within walking distance. But you have four music venues in walking distance in Northside, and you can see anything from, it might be punk, it might be reggae, it might be bluegrass, it might be just... Metal. Hard rock might be metal, you know, in Northside it's incredible. Um, and the and community supports us fantastically. Uh, we get a ton of different uh, community-driven events here, you know, whether mm-hmm. it's just people holding, you know, like a get-together meeting, um, if it's a fundraiser, mm-hmm. if it's, you know, we've actually had quite a number of political events, um, you know, people doing kind of kickoff parties for their, their campaigns. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's awesome to be able to have the space where we can, you know, give back in that sense. I don't personally, in one way or the other, endorse or not endorse Brian Gary. But if he's ever doing an event in our tap room, you got to come here because that dude brings it hot with the food. Oh, dude, <laughs> brings such spread. nice. He brought, like, dolmas and, like, top-of-the-line um, hummus. And he's bringing, like dried figs and like this dude rolls hard for your vote <laughs> all and of those things are completely foreign to oh, me. <laughs> he brings like all the cheeses man this there we go oh, like, cheeses. I, dude i don't even, I don't even like don't even vote like i don't care whatever vote obviously but like don't vote for him vote for him but like if you want some free food brian gary brings it hot with the food here at urban artifact <laughs> if you're gonna, crazy if you're gonna listen to a political opinion listen <laughs> to brian gary's because you're gonna be fed well yeah, i mean you just tune out and eat all the cheese i don't even care like just man this dude brings it We've gotten into dangerous story. It looks like my former boss over at Channel 9 has uh, just signed on. So, hi, Max. (laughs) I hope hope you're enjoying. (laughs) So, talking about the weirdness of Northside and the weirdness of you guys, you know, again, this is kind of going away from what we've got going on this weekend, but are you guys, like, I mean, it's like this weird serendipitous turn of events that you guys ended up here. Like, uh, can you imagine what urban artifact would look like if it was in the original location down in OTR. Uh, I mean, it, how, how does, how does that stuff like, would, would this, would this be the same thing? Probably not. I mean, uh, we probably would, we probably wouldn't even be involved. I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, who knows? Yeah. Like, if that would have went through as it was, we probably wouldn't have been involved. Scotty and I personally, yeah. at least, um, <clears throat> I don't know. Who, who knows? I'm glad we're not North or OTR. I'm glad we're in Northside. Um, OTR is great. It's you fantastic. Guys are, you guys are way too weird for OTR. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean that in the nicest way possible. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, uh, there's a reason all the people, all the pe- all the people. There's a lot of people that work at <laughs> Rheingeist uh, live in Northside. Uh, it's because this place is uh, pretty hip. It's a great community. And, uh, yeah. And they come here all the time, and we support them, and they support us, and uh, it's great. And Northside's fantastic, and it's blowing up. And the biggest focus as a community here in Northside hasn't been so much how can we drive the fastest and best and most expensive growth, but it's how can we do it sustainably. And the community council and the business association here in Northside are so focused on sustainable and quality and growth in a very positive way where at times OTR can get painted in the light of let's just uh, grow for the sake of money. No one here is feeling that way. And it is really awesome to see this whole community rising up rather than a couple few people. What kind of role do you guys think that you play in that? In the Minimal. I mean, it's it's all it's the community. We're we're just a small part of it. We're, we're like I think we're just like a like you look at the neighborhood and then all these people are doing all this work 
And the fact that we just came in is just a notch in their belt of the work they're doing. We are a minimal part of that, and we are happy to be a part of that work that they're doing, but they're the ones doing the work, it's not us. We, we do what we can, but they're like the community council members and PAR projects and the 17 nonprofits that are in this neighborhood alone that only has 7,000 people living here, 17 nonprofits, those are the people doing the work. It's, it's not us. We're a for-profit business. We're trying to make money, but like we want to help and do what we can, but they drive it, and we're really happy to be part of it. I think we just reached like NPR level discourse <laughs> here. We got we got to do something to bring that back down. <laughs> so back, beer. back to the people. Uh, <laughs> Somebody's got to bark really Poo loudly. Oh, you said you had meat beer oh, wait, questions, wait. right? Yes, wait, meat I, beer. Let me let me play another one of the uh, out of context Brett clips here. Uh, this one's one of my favorites here. I mean, I'm cool with like human bones. I don't know if like cow bones would be neat, but like human bones would be kind of fun. <laughs> what is the obsession with the like? <laughs> Boning and meat. <laughs> well, and all right, all right, there's another context. All right. <laughs> there, there's, it's only getting there worse. is a whole story there. I, I assume that the, we were telling the story in the show. Is you know, I, I don't even remember half the things we talked about during that show. Go back to oh, that um, was a fun show. It was uh, live at Cappy's. I, um, it was a sh- yeah, it was a strangely fun show. It was it cobbled <laughs> together yeah, just, and just last minute. Just hey, you guys want to do a show? Let's do a show. And we sat around, drank pickled beer, and talked about human bones. Oh yeah, that's right. That was pickle. <laughs> that, was, nice. that was a spicy pickle night. Yes. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. to to cycle back around to the to the anniversary, I mean, we should probably get through <laughs> the nuts and bolts of that at some point. So. We could we could hit the highlights. Right? <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, look, look at Mister News trying <laughs> to get us back on track. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so so what can people kind of expect expect tomorrow like uh, I know it's, it's starting at 11 o'clock and I think you've got mu- music starting at 2 or yeah yeah we actually kick off uh, with a Elvis impersonator nice so uh, it seems that we've each because why each not? anniversary yeah yeah we've, we've done something a little funky a little weird just kind of for that kickoff um, excuse me <clears throat> and then we have bands going until I think 1 a.m. It's one one, so two p.m. to one a.m. I mean, obviously, you have change over time, but uh, oh, and if you can hang, last year we were doing uh, four a.m. cake stands in the brewery. So uh, <laughs> I don't know. Founding Fathers, if you're listening, that was a shitload of fun last year. <laughs> oh yeah, Founding <laughs> Fathers, if you want to come smash back, a bottle. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're on not on the schedule. Anytime. <laughs> um, I, I think we can make that connection happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. A couple of those guys live in the neighborhood, so it's not too hard, but. Uh, you know, it's it's highlight. There's a ton of different artists. Um, a, a fan favorite is uh, Harlot. She is a harp player. Um, she's actually done some music with uh, Jack White. She's Timber. Here. Oh, Timber. Oh, she, Harlot's still playing too. Yeah. Um, but Timber, sorry. Um, she's fantastic. She's been here a few times. Um, great reception. Just a lot of fun local bands that you know we get to see, along with releasing Six Barrel Age. Sour beers and palmistry and six packs and you know we'll put everything on draft. Um, vintage Hippodrome, pickle goza. There we go. That's that's my beer right there. Which Hi- one? Hippodrome. There, Hippodrome. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah um, Hippodrome. Uh, Joe, uh, I'm sure you're not listening, but <laughs> I don't think Joe knows. Uh, what this Joe's is. A, a big regular of ours. Been coming around like ever since we opened. He comes in like almost every day he's in the country and he usually drinks like one or two hippodromes and takes a growler home with him and then comes and does the same thing the next day or two later dude's awesome uh has got the best dog leo anyway um hippodrome will be coming back i guess long story short and uh we'll be rolling it back to the more similar to 2015 we mm-hmm. learned a lot from 15 to 16 and we're super excited about it it's the next urban legend coming out after palmistry nice 
Well, besides palmistry, what are you what are you most excited for to to open and sell tomorrow? So, yeah, because we need another beer. <laughs> Man, um, I, I kind of want funny a how red that raspberry out there. I haven't had that one yet. Or nectarine. Which one? Nectarine or red raspberry? I mean, I know what. We can do the raspberry. Oh, we have a question. Is uh, Hippodrome going to be draft only? No. It'll be bottles this year. Uh, actually, all of our urban legends, which no one probably knows what that is because it's more of an internal thing, but any beer that we come out with once a year for a given month, like uh, Gadget, Squeezebox, Palmistry, Hippodrome, will always be bottles. Uh, it might not all make it to distro, but it will be at least in the tap room from here out. So bottles or cans. Well, tomorrow for Hippodrome, will it be will people oh, be able sorry. to take home oh. growlers or? Uh, we only have a six stall, so that's that's going to be a no. Sorry, yeah, that's a probably not. That's, that's uh, you'll feel very lucky if you can. <laughs> that's a. I think that'll be a 2015, right? Yes. Yeah, one of the originals. It's going on tap at one as well. So uh, get get here early if you want to try it. Or 11, I guess. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's going on right at 11. So we'll have Renegade Street Eats, too, um, slinging food starting at 11 a.m. So, you know, we don't normally have that lunch option here, but uh, that's totally totally in the books tomorrow. Um, but uh, as far as other urban legends that we're going to release this year, Hippodrome's there. Whirly Gig will come back, the, uh, the Blueberry Ale. Um, Operation Plowshare, the Black Raspberry Jelly Donut Beer. Yes. Is coming there. Um, we are working on a passion fruit, banana, and what else am I missing? Peach? No, not a peach. Guava. Right? Guava. Pink guava this time. Pink guava. Palm has got white guava. This is going to be pink guava. Yeah. Nice. Because oh. there's a difference. And for all you guys out there who aren't a big fan of Whirly Gig, this year's Whirly Gig will be a little different. We're going to drop the wild yeast. We're going to actually up the blueberry by about three times as much. Um... So it's going to be really, really, uh, I'm really excited about it. It's going to be good. Um, anyway, keep your eyes peeled, August. Yeah. The nice thing, though, for the people that do like it as is, some will go into barrels and get some get some funk going on. We got you taken care of. Yes. Better make your notes now. Um, Chris, uh, Chris Nassimino wants to know, will next year bring us the first Urban Artifact Goose release? There's no. A, there, what about Lambics? No. No. Yeah, uh, sorry, Chris. So I would really like to do that, but um, our focus hasn't been on that yet. Um, so we are probably we're probably two years out from that, unfortunately. Um, but all hell's gonna break loose when that happens. It's gonna be a lot of good stuff, and it's not gonna be called a lambic, and it's not gonna be called a goose because you need to be living in the lambic region of Belgium to have a lambic. <laughs> Nerd. So I don't. If you're calling your beer a lambic and you uh, made it here in the states, you're you're lying. That's and a, next mar- year, it's a next marketing year we have, twist. Uh, all the people out in California be calling their champagne, you know, sparkling wine, and well, legally they have to. <laughs> yes, legally they do. Yeah. That's that's the problem no, with beer. Not, is there's no. It's it's not legally in the United States it's legally in France yeah which is horseshit <laughs> like respect some other one else's culture like goddamn like we are, we, we've taken so much as Americans like go uh, let them have that like yeah, just call we, it sparkling wine we'd throw a shit fit if they took our bourbon yeah, exactly <laughs> actually that is, that is happening point. right now <laughs> is it really yeah that's well, that's the story for another day good we deserve it <laughs> um, that explains all the bombings that are going on <laughs> <laughs> Okay, going back up. Take a step away from the politics because I almost made that that comment. So, so um, we're going into your third year. What are you most excited for for your third year? Like, are, are there 
you know, expansion efforts or you have a specific plan for, you know, taking your beer to the next level or something you've been waiting to do with the beer that you Pickle now you and cams, you know, exactly. something like that. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that might be happening. <laughs> yes. Uh, We've already been expanding slowly. We don't. We haven't been blowing that it out too much when we do it. That my wall, for the record. <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. <laughs> um, you'll see some things from this this year. We already got some more space um, that we've been using, some more warehouse space. We've gotten some more, uh, like, in-house quality control stuff, some yeast propagators, some secondary things that increase production. Um, we got some new fermenters coming. We got some a lot of on-site projects. I, obviously, you guys are here now, and you see kind of what the work needs to happen up here. Uh, and our focus this coming year or two is really going to be one double down on what we're doing on-site for consumer experience. And we want to continue to plow money in here. This first two years has just been invest in the brewery, 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 brewery. But we've always been we are a on-site uh, destination and we want to make that so. How hard is that to justify though when you look at you know, a space like this and, and how much money you have to dump into a space like this for something that it's, it, 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 you've got you could put that money into the, the brewery into, into barrels, whatever it is It's hard. That, you know, we, we, there's breweries all over town that, you know Email this um, or that that they say they're going to do. and then Email Scotty with a Y fingers. at artifactbeer.com if you're interested in investing. Um, but <laughs> it's difficult. It's difficult when you can take $30,000 and buy two new fermenters, or you can take $500,000 and build out this space. It's, it's tough. Yeah. The, the beautiful thing, though, is that, you know, we've got a, we've got a couple people working with us um, that are booking out the sanctuary space that we're in now uh, for wedding receptions and some other private events. So... That's a huge additional revenue generator. Do you have somebody that just takes that money and just puts it aside and says, you're not allowed to touch this for the brewery? Well, <laughs> well no, no, no. So the great thing is, you know, we get deposits for That's this. That's what my wife does with us. <laughs> so you made this money here. It goes for this. <laughs> but, we, you know, we have agreement that uh, with, with, with those folks that, you know, half, half the deposit, well, actually the deposit will go towards facility improvements immediately. So it wasn't it, even a joke. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> it's not. It's, it's, so, you know, it's not, it's not money that's ever earmarked necessarily for anything other than to make this space better, to be able to book more things, to bring us more revenue, to get more people in but here and drinking our beer. But it's brilliant. You know, I mean, that's, that's, it, it, it's, that's a very smart way to do it. And yeah. I mean, I don't think to you guys for it because there's lots of places around town that Use it to fuel growth and uh, to be bigger. Yeah, it's hard. Names. and there's it's hard. And, and there's different different types of growth. I mean, we utilize this building maybe twenty percent of the time. There's there's so much time that this building just sits vacant. So you know, this is a huge asset for us. And this just upstairs, e- right? Yeah, and downstairs too, because we only we we don't open till four o'clock on the weekdays. You know, there's no reason for us to open before that at this point. You know, if we had food or something like that. <laughs> um, it might make more sense, but Scotty at artifactbeer.com. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you uh, Scotty with a Y, yeah, with a Y, with a Y, not I E. I don't, I don't. I'm not. What is it? That's like, you know. Anyway, Irish. Um, no, that's Scotty's mom. <laughs> oh yeah, that's well, your trip. So how far I'll off track can we get? Still looking for you know a food option next door and whatnot. Or? We are. Mm-hmm. We're in the talks with a couple of people right now who seem semi-legit, but mm-hmm. no offense to them if they're watching or listening, but we've gotten to about this point before with other food people, and it's fallen through. Several so, times. Yes. 
So we're not super like uh, you know getting our hopes up, but um, well, if you we'll have a food truck or a project, now you know where to come to. Like we've got some willing partners here. It takes the right place though, too, mm-hmm. because this is a very unique kind of atmosphere at Urban Artifact, and you have to bring the right place in mm-hmm. to fit into the culture that is in this little compound here, and uh, that's got to be a hard thing to kind of find those things that that match up absolutely it it definitely is it definitely is well i want to get brett rambling again so let's answer this question um the question was how often do you go around town and collect yeast samples and then how do you how do you preserve the yeast samples that whole process fascinates me too i I want to follow you guys around one day do a whole video on it and before you answer uh we he um, the Nomad brought up earlier talking about when you guys did the thing with the uh, museum center. Mm. I'll tell you, I was in the newsroom when that press release and stuff came in and we, we talked about that for about almost 15 minutes there in the, the daily planning meeting, like people wanting to know what this was and utterly confused. Like, <laughs> why would you take yeast from a museum center? And mm. so I got to play Dr. Science for a little bit and explain everything to them, but uh, they, they love the story. So I think, I think not only are people interested in beer, but I think people are really interested in, you know, like the, the science aspect and like the, the innate weirdness of, you know, what makes this industry possible. What so. was your answer to why you would collect yeast from the museum center? <laughs> because would, one, it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> why would you? Well, actually, actually, what a, my flippant immediate response was, why wouldn't you? <laughs> right. Yeah. So because exactly. nobody's done it before. <laughs> but then I, like... It's kind of funny, like, Americans are so used to, you know, no offense to the, you know, the Miller and Bud and and so on, but they're so used to, (laughs) uh, well, I will defend them, but that's a a whole different show. Um, We also love Sam Adams. I get lots of beer from Sam Adams. But, I mean, people are so used to beer is this way, and it comes into cans. Like, people don't even know where milk comes from. Like, they don't know that milk comes from cows. I thought it so. came from women. <laughs> <laughs> Again, sure? different also, another show. <laughs> also another show. <laughs> but um, they, they just know that beer comes in a can, and it looks My like is very pale odd. yellow. <laughs> and so explaining to them, like, there's actually a process and a science to how, how beer gets made. Um, and then the, like, see if I we love can get Jesse after. <laughs> yeah, you've got to have a very strong uh, constitution to be able to get through whatever you're trying to say. Yeah, I'm, I'm working on it. I'm trying, but but yeah. But anyway, it's your they first thought time. it was interesting. Just a so please explain. Uh, explain catching yeast or human milk. <laughs> <laughs> well, let, let's uh, start with the former, and then we'll end with the latter. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, before that, I'll, I'll preface this that the reason why we do stuff like that is, you know, you get into starting your own business to do cool shit, and catching wild yeast is doing cool shit. Like, I, just before this, when we started this, I got to put a tap in the wall by our walk-in cooler for cold water. You know, like, it's just a cool thing that you don't get to see it around town, but I got to do it just because, you know, we, we own a tap room and a bar, and why not? And, Which more and, breweries should do, by the way. And going back to the, the Bud or Miller, you know, you know, ragging on them, we're going to get you a tap handle to put on that, too. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. 
I like the Pabst Unicorn personally. <laughs> That's my favorite. Pabst because it'll really confuse some of the hipsters that they're definitely not listening to this. Doesn't the uh, the company that owns Pabst now own twenty two percent of Brewdog? Isn't that yes. oh yes. yeah? Well, they, they also own um, Four Loco and a couple of the other like energy uh, drinks. Is it like a miss Four Loco. TPG or something or yeah, it's something. Like, it's uh, some guy up there in Chicago. He owns like all the energy drink stuff, and he's a, a, kind of a venture capitalist type guy. So although. Brew dog, if you want to invite me up there, I'll come up there and I'll never say anything else again. <laughs> you can drink our it, our beers on tap, so you'll be good. Yeah, they just tap a letterbox. Mm-hmm. Seriously? Oh yeah, yeah. that's cool. Yeah. Um, well, I guess to answer the wild yeast question is uh, <laughs> we did t- we did then give him milk afterwards. <laughs> I don't know. We catch yeast every once in a while, and we do it because it's fun, and we preserve it um, a couple ways. Um, it depends. And generally, uh, if it's a fresh sample, we'll just keep it in a jar. And if it starts getting up there in age, we either reconstitute it with more fresh wort to keep it growing and just kind of keep that going. And if we really like it and really like where it's at, Omega Yeast um, and Lance and Mark up there in Chicago, they will bank it for us for free. And we'll just send them a free or we'll send them our sample and we'll be like hey bank this and then whenever we need more of it they'll pit, they'll grow it up and send it back to us that's awesome. fantastic so are you guys now at the point where you at least for, for wild yeast and whatnot you can propagate your own and you don't have to you know go to white labs or whomever yeah like we that. we've never gotten okay can't say never um anything in barrels we use 100 percent caught local wild stuff uh, we'll use some like wild yeast, like Britannomyces, in our stainless steel beers. Like Phrenology is a, a prime example that we get from uh, not White Labs, because if those guys are listening, you're awful. Uh, <laughs> we get it from Omega. Uh, they listen all the time. I hope so. <laughs> they really do a shit job with quality. Like uh, we totally got duped by them by like multiple times. Like they they do not do a good job. Uh, and they hire people who don't really know what they're talking about, and they really piss me off. Uh, I, I'm like homebrewers out there, like I get it. It's easy. The vials are cool. And now with those dumb pouches or whatever bullshit they're doing, they're great. They're easy. But really, screw those guys. They really screwed us over multiple times, and they really don't know what they're doing. Their bosses. I'm gonna go out on a limb here and basically say he's a sexist, uh, and I don't like them. So screw those guys. We use Omega now, and they're awesome. Um, but for some of our stainless steel barrel aged stuff. Uh, we are not barrel-aged, stainless steel aged stuff and like phrenology and hippodrome. Mm-hmm. We will buy pure cultures of Brett. Mm-hmm. So technically like a wild yeast, but cultured up so we can be consistent. We're a little less worried about consistency with the barrel-aged stuff because we can either A, blend that out or, right. or two, dump it. So I, I don't know what the question was. Well, so, so We catch wild yeast. Yeah, That's kind, of, kind of going on that, you know, with the, the, the dumping, you know, with wild <coughs> yeast, like how... That how, how that process? How much is does it take to finally get something that is usable? Five to ten percent of the samples actually get used. So there, it starts out as a pint or less, and then it, if it's good past that, which is very few, it's grown up into five gallons. And if it's good, then then it'll actually go into an oak barrel. But normally, it's it's getting tossed. Um, my favorite off flavor, or well, it's not really off flavor because it's wild yeast, is uh, an electrical fire. That's a, that's a mm. common occurrence and one that you're just like, mm, yeah, that, that'll go to the drain. Really, really strange just how uncannily electrical fire it is. Yeah. I don't understand. It it's, smells like your house is burning down from the inside of your walls. Uh, it's crazy. 
So you're Considering saying, I almost did that to my condo the other day. It's, I don't really want to consider that you're, right you're now. saying most of Cincinnati tastes like an electrical fire. There's <laughs> a strange <laughs> amount of electrical fires. Uh, and, and we're working on some uh, Quaff Bros stuff right now where we caught some wild yeast out at a uh, I've heard some party really fun rumors about Quaff Brothers things you might, might have... Working. We might have some fun stuff going, and we might have gotten like the worst catch rate ever at Party Source, and it could be because they were built on top of a dump. But, <laughs> was, but what we did catch has turned out like that was good, which was really, really low quality overall. Uh, the couple that we did, because we, we, we put out extra because we knew it was built on a dump, uh, turned out really nice. So we're excited. <laughs> yeah, and, it it's, and it's in a very... Um, I don't know, kind of urban area. There's not a whole lot of foliage or green, mm. green space around. Mm. Um, I actually hurts. would have thought like being down by the river that you might you would have got some more like local fauna and whatnot to yeah. kind of come through there, local especially with the, the, the moist. Well, that's you know with the the heat and the mm, moist fish. with it being like a, a lower point and then the river right there. I would have thought that maybe you might have some more more wild growth. So that it's kind of surprising to me that, that there wouldn't be more. It could have there. been the catch locations. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Um, oh, speaking of party source, uh, eight ball did killer kettle sours. Really a shame. Mm-hmm. Mitch did. Mitch and Virgil did really just a fantastic job with their kettle sours. They yeah to make sure it. to keep mm-hmm. it like pumping through with CO two the whole time. Keep that oxygen out. Keep the temperature under control. Those guys did a killer job. I, I totally respect the reason why, like, why the owner did what he did. But I don't. It is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't respect it. <laughs> but uh, I would say I, it is really sad to see Mitch go. Like, uh, it was, no, he'll be back, more, though. Yeah. He'll be back. I'm, I'm hoping he does whatever he's going to do or where he's going to do it. But uh, I don't know. I, th- I feel like he was always a you know a good ally for all the local brewers and a really pro- big proponent. He of, made the best English mild uh, I've ever had in the United States. It's phenomenal. The que- the queen, just mm-hmm. holy crap. Holy crap. I could drink gallons of that. Like, just gallons. <laughs> it's true. Well, so what are we going to drink gallons of tomorrow? Oh, that's a great question. Mm, palmistry. Uh, yeah. Oh. With, with tequila. Oh, with tequila. <laughs> yes. Yes. I've never seen my uh, aunt-in-law before so trashed. <laughs> Sister-in-law Before when too? I've seen her like with this te- palmistry with tequila in it, because it's eight and a half percent base, and then you throw tequila on top, oh, and like you don't realize how well it drinks. Like it's crazy. Yeah, our anniversary ended prematurely last year because palmistry with tequila happened. <laughs> Cases. Well, it sounds like a beer, like a beer arito right there. Oh but, yeah. Uh, so what? What was the one that we were just drinking just now? One of the ex- that uh, was the raspberry escapement. Yes. Nice. Do you guys have any plans to do wines or ciders or anything like that? Yeah. Um, not. I mean, not quite. Yeah. We, uh, uh, we can't say much. Ciders. I love watching them squirm. <laughs> Part of it is because I got to pee. Uh. <laughs> oh, wait, wait. I have a sound, I have a sound clip. Well, we're, we're, we're like in an hour already we, without any commercials. So. Yeah. I mean, oh. at some point we got to. <laughs> yeah, that that gotta brings go. up another fun sound clip. Hit the Whiz Palace. <laughs> is that how is that how you get every break because you should i'm gonna start putting it in there <laughs> i don't remember that i remember a lot of that <laughs> well Same that show. that might be a, a kind of a good place to cycle back around and button it up so sure that'd so be great i guess but before we all get done like what are, what are the need to know for tomorrow like uh beer beer releases you know, bottle sales start at eleven. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would get here early. If Some you, of these are going to go fast, right? Perpetuum one, well, which we didn't bring a bottle of, but Perpetuum one 
will be gone very quickly. We have like literally like 36 bottles for sale because uh, uh, of other obligations and stuff. Um, uh, some of these escapements, we keg different amounts than bottled, so those are gonna go quick. And then Perpetuum 2 is not gonna be around a lot either. So, so really, um, if you want bottles, I would say get here quickly. Music starts at two. We're gonna have some uh, Renegade Street Eats food. We're gonna have a tent outside. Uh, it's gonna be a lot of fun. Uh, what else am I missing here? Cookies. Oh, cookies. Cookies for days. We always have cookies. I don't cookies know. are awesome. Cookies are, yeah. <laughs> Donna's, Donna's Gourmet. I love giving Donna a shout because she does fantastic baked goods. Yeah, good stuff all around. Yeah, we just, <laughs> yeah, come, come, enjoy. Enjoy good music. And Elvis. If for some reason the weather is not fantastic, there's a giant tent already up in the beer garden. There um, is 20 by 50. So. So are the are the band are you gonna have any bands out there or are they just uh, we downstairs? Will. We'll have the, one band outside in the early mm-hmm. afternoon. Yeah, yeah, and we'll see how 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 the weather holds out. It's not it wasn't looking great as of last time I checked earlier today. Um, but yeah, the plan is to uh, have some have some people um, that play occasionally and some other local brass bands mm-hmm. um, that are really good musicians uh, play outside are you guys going to have anything set up uh, for people who just want to come and get the releases like any kind of special lines just so they can come up and there will be a line on? before they open tomorrow i'm pretty <laughs> sure of that we'll have a we'll have a retail table specifically for just selling bottles awesome yep yep that's how we'll handle that for tomorrow if, so if, draft if, will be if you're one of those people that wants to get all the bottles i cannot emphasize enough to get here early because there will be a line before the doors open for people buying bottles. So for sure, get here early. Hopefully not too big. I still have to truck stuff down. Well, <laughs> giving you a warning. I mean, they too. can help me carry stuff though. <laughs> they I probably mean, would. You might get you might get a f- ticket to make sure you get a bottle that way. Um, releases are a big thing in Cincinnati now. It's the the culture is is shifting in really weird ways. So it's growing. It's awesome. Yeah, it's fun to watch. Cool guys. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, thank you. This is yeah, thanks for coming out. Kind of a fun show. No commercials. Sorry to the sponsors, but tough fit. Yeah, it's a semi semi brewcast. <laughs> Jesse, thank you for inviting me. Everybody, GCCBS, uh, it's it's a Greater Cincinnati Craft Beer Society. If you're not already a member, get on and sign up. And we want to thank the gnome too for bringing his equipment out and doing this with us. That's really clutch. So thank you. She'll be all chubby here on the way out. <laughs> <laughs>